Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Peggy. There was a story of a man who recognized that there was something wrong with his body. And so he goes to see his GP, his local doctor, and his local doctor refers him to go and to see a specialist. And as the specialist does all these sorts of different tests, they come up with a diagnosis. But it was actually quite a serious diagnosis. So for some reason, the specialist asked that they would speak to the man's wife first. So the specialist calls the wife into his office. She sits her down and he says, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but your husband has a very rare form of disease. Now, without proper treatment, in a few weeks, he will die. But we do believe with the right sort of treatment, with the right sort of care, and and in particular help from you, that he will live, that he will be healed. But it does require a lot of you. It means that you have to give him a very strict diet. It means that he has to have three meals every single day, the right specific meals, down to the last tea. 
The environment in which he lives has to be perfectly clean at all times, which means that you have to clean for him every single day. The clothes that he wears cannot have a speck of dirt or dust on them, which means that you have to wash his clothes every single day. But we believe that if you cook for him, if you clean for him, if you wash his clothes every day for the next, we don't know how long, he will in fact be healed, that he will get better. Now the wife thanked the specialist for his time. She left the office and and the husband sees her coming towards him. And you can see that he's nervous, that he's anxious. What is she going to say? And so he says, you know, well, what did the specialist say? She said, darling, I'm really sorry, but it's bad news. You're going to die. <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that. You know, it's a bit of a cheesy story, but how often have we thought to ourselves when we've seen a need, well, you know, I'll, I'll do this, but... I'm not doing that. You know, I'm too important for that. I'm too busy to do that. You know, Jesus continually sucked people in with irrational acts of serving love. Irrational acts of serving love. Our passage from today, John chapter 13, we see that very thing. Jesus comes to serve the disciples. He comes to show irrational acts of serving love to those whom he loves, but also to Judas, who is going to betray him. A little bit of context to John chapter 13. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to go to the cross, and he's had quite a busy week so far. Okay, on Monday, he goes into the temple courts. He turns over the, the tables of the money changers, and he drives them out. On Tuesday, he's having a fight with religious leaders. On Wednesday, we don't actually know what happened on Wednesday. Jesus had a day off. Thursday, this is where we come to John 13. Thursday evening, Jesus is having a meal with his closest disciples. He knows that the next day he's going to be tortured. He knows that he's going to go to the cross. And he's sharing with them the body and the blood, the bread and the wine. A special time he's having with his closest friends. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. And we read that in Luke's gospel, there's a fight that breaks out amongst the disciples. Okay, And this fight... Just a bit of context here. This fight is who is the greatest? Who is the greatest disciple? Now, I can imagine at this point, John, the Apostle John speaks up and says, well, of course, you know, I'm the greatest because I'm the one that Jesus loved. Of course, that makes me the greatest, does it not? I imagine at this point, the Apostle Peter speaks up and says, what a load of rubbish, John. Of course, I'm the greatest because I'm the one who walked on water. I had the gift to walk on water. Jesus gave me that gift. Then I can imagine the other disciples are saying, you know, but Peter, you sank. Maybe at that point, Bartholomew spoke up and said, come on, guys, let's be honest. Cards on the table here. I am the greatest disciple. Maybe the other disciples said, Bartholomew? Is he even one of the disciples? You know, who, who is this guy? Because no one's going to remember your name. What do we see that Jesus does? Jesus, at this point, he looks around the room. And what does he see? He sees proud hearts. He, say, he sees proud disciples. And he sees dirty feet. And he already told them, we see in Matthew's gospel, what he came to do, that Jesus came to serve 
and that the greatest of the disciples is the one that not has their name in lights, that is not the, the most popular, but is the one that serves others. Jesus came to serve, and he calls us, he calls his disciples to go and do the same. And then we read in verse 4, this is what Jesus does. Verse 4 says, So Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So the question is, why did Jesus wash the disciples' feet? Why wash their feet? Well, it was common courtesy 2,000 years ago that when you came to someone's house, you would have the offer of a foot wash. That was common courtesy 2,000 years ago. A bit like if you came to my house today, it would be common courtesy for me to, to take your coat at the door, to offer you a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a, or a water or a squash. You might even get a biscuit. Okay? Maybe. That would be common courtesy today. 2,000 years ago, it was common courtesy to do two things. Number one, to give the person a kiss on the cheek. Number two, to offer them to have their feet washed. It's quite important that we understand what's going on here because by the owner of the house saying to the guest, would you like your feet washed, it's basically them saying, look how important I am. Look how much money I have because I can afford to have a servant that will come and will do the foot washing on my behalf. I'm so important. But who would want to wash feet? Because if we're honest, you know, Feet are pretty disgusting. Imagine if I came to your house today and you said, oh, George, yeah, it's great to have you with us today, but you know, would you like a pedicure? <laughs> You're probably not going to say that because my feet are disgusting. And my feet are particularly disgusting, so my wife tells me. They're ape feet. They're hairy feet. They're not very nice. This was a job that was reserved for the lowest of the low. This was a job that was reserved for the servant of the house. And yet Jesus, as he looks around the room at his disciples, the night before he's going to go to the cross, the night before he's going to be tortured, he sees proud hearts and he sees dirty feet. And so I can imagine as he stands up at this point, he wraps a towel around his waist, that the disciples are saying, no, 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 no. You cannot do that. Jesus, what are you doing? It's a little bit like the Queen of England. Our queen coming to our house and offering to clean our toilets. Except it's worse. Because Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the bread of life. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is God come to earth to be with us. And he offers to wash the disciples' feet. A job reserved for the lowest of the low. You know, this is how, when I read the Bible, I know that this is not made up. I know that the Bible is not made up by human beings because who would write this? Who would come up with a God that comes to earth and washes feet, that does the job of a servant? No one would come up with this stuff. Yet Jesus gets down and he washes the disciples' feet. And we might say, well, you know, I'm too important to do that job. You know, that job's beneath me. I'm too busy to do that. And yet, what does Jesus do for us? Let me challenge you this morning to ask the question, when you see a need, to ask God, God, is this an assignment for me to do? 
God, is this something that maybe I think is beneath me? Maybe I think this is too much. Maybe I think that actually I'm too important for this. I'm too busy to do this. God, is this an assignment for me to do? To ask God that question. And honestly, I know from my personal experience, when I think, and I do think this sometimes, when I think something is, is beneath me, when I think I'm too busy for something, actually those are the times that God uses the most. God, is this an assignment for me to do? Do you want me to perform this task? For those of you that know, the last few months we've, we've had a second baby, and I have been completely bowled over by how people have served us in this church. And it really has it's brought a tear to my eye, if I'm honest, because people have brought us meals, people have brought us flowers, they've brought us presents, they've asked how we are, they've prayed for us. And, you know, it really makes you think, doesn't it, in times like that, times when you're in need, that you're loved, that you're in a community, that you're served by the body of Christ. And so I just want to say thank you to all of you that have served us at this time. It really does mean a lot to us. As as I was trying to think of a, a story to tell about someone serving someone else, you know, it's not always the huge big things. It's the small things that make a difference. It's looking out for someone when they're in need. So maybe, this is going to sound like I'm putting a plug here, but maybe when you walk past a bin outside church and you see that it's, it's, it's overflowing, maybe you think instead of complaining, actually I can take that bin out myself. Maybe when you see your friend moving house, that you can say, well, you know, I can offer to, to help you move. Or maybe let's take it one step further. If you see your enemy, you see someone that you don't like moving house, you can offer to help them move. (laughs) Irrational acts of serving love. Irrational acts of serving love. This one's mine. Can we do this? And it's honestly often in those times that I think I'm too important for this, I've got too much on, that God uses those times the most. Just as a final note, Delane, can I, can I just do something? Right, let's see if this works, okay? I've got to put it on face me mode. Okay. Can I have your feet? Put your feet out. And, okay, and make sure you look really sad. Okay, I wish there was a live feed to the screen, but there's not. Make sure you look really sad. Okay. Actually, that's pretty good. (laughs) That's quite good. My point is, when you serve, don't put it on Instagram. Don't let the world know that you serve. Don't let the world know that you're doing this because this is between you and God. This is an act that you do to God. This is giving thanks to God. And, And not everyone needs to know. Instagram doesn't need to know about this. Hashtag blessed to serve. But if we're honest, how many of us, we do a a good thing and we think, oh, you know, I've got to somehow slip that in somewhere so someone knows that I've done that. It's between you and God. This one's mine. A servant or serving is not what I do. A servant is who I am. Serving is not what I do. A servant is who I am. I'm about to, I'm going to speak at the 11.15 service this morning, after this service. 
And I was just thinking about, you know, what would be an amazing thing is if when I spoke to the 1115, I was to say, look, what needs are there in your midst? You know, what's, what's going on in this congregation that, that maybe the 930 congregation can help? And so you know, I just want to say, I don't quite know how I'm going to do this, but if there's something that you would like to do, if there's a service that you would like to give, if there's someone that you know that you'd like to help out that goes to the 1115 service, then, then come and speak to me afterwards or send me an email, drop me a text, whatever it might be, and, and I'll try and link up the 930 and the 1115 service because, you know, we are one church. We are the body of Christ. And we should be helping one another. We should be serving one another. Serving is not what I do. A servant is who I am. If there's one thing that you remember from this talk, just remember that. A servant is who I am. We're going to have a a song now. Alison's going to lead us in the band in a song. But in a minute, we're going to have a time of response and a chance to to make some knots in some rope, which is going to be a great way that as, as we make each knot in the rope, that we say to God, God, I'm going to serve someone in a particular way. And so I just want us just to take a moment now, just to take 30 seconds, just to be still and to think, God, what, what is a service that I can do for someone? To stop and to think. Who can I help at this time? Who can I show the love of Jesus to? As Jesus has loved us, how can I love other people? So let's just take a moment to be still and to think about that. And then Alison and the band are going to lead us in a song. God, thank you that you came to this earth to serve us. Lord, thank you that even though you're God, you came to walk alongside us. You came to do the job of the lowest of the low. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. And Father, I pray that you would help us. Holy Spirit, help us to put this into practice, to actually walk the talk. Lord, help us to have eyes to see needs that maybe we don't often see. Help us to really put this into practice. In Jesus' name, amen.